Welcome to the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. When Kevin gives the word, be prepared to call in to 865-243-TALK. That's 865-243-8255. Now, Kevin Ray. You and I go hard at each other like we're going to Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, your host, and we are so thankful that you have come in to uh, spend this hour with us. And I'm here with my co-host, Mark Griffith. This show is brought to you by Mortgage Investors Group. And again, thank you for coming in. And we're doing uh, our, I, I guess you would call it our identity theft, our our personal protection uh, series. Home home family protection series. Right. We've got fire prevention and awareness, mm-hmm. identity theft. We have Robert Siciliano right. on. You can go to the- Great show, by the great way. Great show, housinghour.com. com. You can find any past show. You could also, of course, listen, on live as, listen online as well. Um, and this has been an exciting month. I tell you, this particular issue is a very important one because there are so many people that are candidates, unfortunately, for people who are trying to steal identity, but also to try to scam you out of your money. And and that brings us to today's show. We have an excellent guest for you. We have Marshall Stone. He's the supervisory special agent, FBI, the Knoxville Division. And he is here to talk to us about all the things that are happening in this, uh, in this unfortunate industry that's out there. Thank you for joining us today. Sure. Appreciate you so much. Um, I tell you, this is one of those things, Marshall, where you have a lot of people that um, are susceptible to being scammed. And either it is someone who is just not knowledgeable about the scams that are out there. And that's partly why we're doing this show is to educate people. Um, But then also, of course, people getting their identity stolen. But I want to first just ask you, we usually try to get our guests to just explain a little bit about what your day-to-day job is. What is it that you're doing in the FBI? I'm assigned as the chief division counsel for the Knoxville division, so I'm doing mostly the legal work, uh, making sure that uh, we're doing things in the right ways. Uh, right. We have a lot of authority and power, and if we don't use that judiciously, then you know Congress will take it away, and we will be less effective. There's so many ways that you can battle these uh, type of uh, scams, and some of them uh, certainly are are things that you know, like you said, Congress has given you certain powers to try to make sure that we are protected because that's, I'm sure, is the FBI's number one goal is to protect the American people. Um, and one of those things is education. It, it, that is one of the ways that we can educate, one of the ones, ways that you can protect um, the American, uh, you know, people is to educate them. And that's really why we have you here today. And there's several things that people out there that are on the internet, man. Everybody is on the internet now. A lot, most everybody has a Twitter handle. Everybody has a Facebook. You know, everybody has email, certainly. And they get a lot of email. Everybody is trying to get your attention. And and you know, one of the first things that we'd like to you to talk about, even though it's not as prevalent as it once was, but everybody's got. Everybody has received an email from someone in Nigeria that says that they they have this situation where there's thirty five million dollars that is being stowed away in an account specifically for you. 
and you know people are people have fall, fallen for this and you mentioned off air that you have heard the story stories of people actually traveling overseas um, to try to get this money but talk to us a little bit about how that all developed and what you've done about it the Nigerian scams have been going around for years. Uh, back when I was in Alabama, which was over 10 years ago, they were real prevalent. We were getting lots of calls on them. Somebody would get either an email. They were coming over fax machines. They were coming over telephone calls, any way they could get the messages out. Uh, and it was always some official-sounding person in Nigeria that had a large sum of money, and they needed to find someone with a bank account outside of Nigeria in order to get that money out of the country. Mm. And they were looking for somebody who would think that they're going to get paid a commission for helping that person get that money out of the country. And ultimately, it resulted in uh, getting access to a financial account of the victim and taking their money. Mm. Um, and we still hear about them even after they've been going around for so many years which suggests that occasionally they're still finding someone who's willing to uh, uh, you know, provide that type of information that allows them to gain some money otherwise they would have stopped by now and you're seeing them from countries out other than Nigeria now of course they mm. all scams morph and change over time right, and we've seen right. them from a lot of different countries at this point you know most people if it's look if it sounds too good to be true it's probably too good to be true. I mean, that's what my mom always told me. And in this situation, for people out there, sometimes it's okay just to apply common sense to these situations. But what are some other things that people can do? I mean, you know, it, it also goes back to the way people are, what their behavior is online. They may go to chat rooms or forums that may have these, you know, I guess there would be called, um, uh, I don't know if they're called viruses, but they learn your behavior and somehow these folks get your name. They get you your, your information. What are some things people can do to combat these type of scams? Like you mentioned, the, you know, the common sense, if, if you stop to think, how did this person in Nigeria get my name and my right. email account why am i the lucky person to get this mm. offer you've right. got to you've got to stop and think of how is that logical right and one of the things that we saw well, most people thought john gruden was coming to coach here so not everybody's <laughs> logical <laughs> you, know, you know hope hope that uh, you know there's good fortune right <laughs> One common problem we saw with the Nigerian letters is we, we saw lots of versions of those, but uh, many of them had poor grammar. If you would read them, right. um, and but that's because they only know Nigerian. They don't. They, they're they're trying to piece together the English. Right. But we're seeing that type of right. red flag in things other than the Nigerian scam. Biz, you know, people who purport to be businesses mm -hmm. that are either using poor grammar um, and. Uh, spelling errors and things of that nature that um, you know should be a red flag when, right. when somebody's pr purporting to be a business and providing you an opportunity it's a pr pretty clear signal there's something fishy right and in addition to that you know just more generically beyond just the Nigerian scams as you mentioned if it sounds too good to be true um, when we start talking about like the investment frauds um, if those types of returns are available every financial advisor would be offering those and you've got to ask yourself you know why am i having this opportunity when you don't see those type of returns in in the market anywhere else marshall de demographically is there any particular age group or population that is more susceptible to the nigerian type of fraud than than one other uh, that type of fraud i don't think was very 
mass targeted. You didn't see a particular demographic or type of individual that got those letters. I mean, businesses, prominent people were getting those letters over business fax machines, attorney's offices, and as well as individuals that just had an email account. So that type of scam, we did not see targeting any particular group of people. You know, of course, other types of scams, you know, some are particularly uh, vulnerable, say, to the elderly. Right. Um, but that thinking. particular scam, we did not see targeted. Gotcha. Are there also ways that people, um, and, and certainly, you know, the FBI is in the on the forefront of, of protection, um, but do you guys recommend that people like what uh, Mr. Siciliano, uh, he wasn't actually selling anything. Honestly, he was just giving feedback. He is a part of, um, what is the company that he works for? McAfee. Yeah, McAfee. Um, but do you guys encourage people to protect themselves to protect themselves in that regard, uh, you know, like for instance, uh, credit protection. You know, where if your credit is ran, you're alerted, and those type of things. Do you guys encourage those? Well, depending on the type of scam we're talking about, there are of course things that consumers and people can do to, I guess, minimize their risk. When you're talking about, of course, computer and internet uh, issues, then uh, you know some of the common sense things of. You know, you've got to keep your antivirus protection up to date. You've, mm-hmm. you've got to use a firewall um, and simple things like, you know, if you're not on your computer, turn it off. Most people leave their computers mm. on full time now. So, right. um, you know, Internet, there's obviously things people can do to protect themselves from identity theft. There are things people can do to protect themselves. And depending on what particular scam we're talking about, there are things that we can sort of advise people. Here are some things you can do to protect yourself and minimize your risk. Right. Because the whole thing I think that people misunderstand is that this could never happen to me. Or, you know, this. there's no possible way that, that I am going to get you know, put in a situation to have something fraudulent happen to me. But let's talk a little bit about another scam that I think people simply don't realize is happening, but all of a sudden it's happening. And, and that is the telemarketing scam. Um, and, and, and it's switching gears a little bit and, and it all kind of goes into one. But the telemarketers that are out there, a lot of these folks, um, they're they're working for actually reputable companies. I mean, in a sense, um, there are certain people who would consider um, those companies that are overly pushy. Maybe that's not fraud. Maybe that's just being a poor salesman. But there's a difference, right, between a rep- reputable company and then also the companies that are not non-existent. They're just trying to get a credit card number. What are some of the symptoms or some of the, the earmarks of a fraud fraudster there? Well, and like you said, difference between fraud and uh, pushy right. <laughs> salesman. Right. Um, fraud obviously involves somebody trying to uh, scam you out of your money, basically steal from you, right. whether that's from your accounts, getting you pr- to provide information about yourselves that allows you to gain access to their accounts, or providing you with an opportunity that is fraudulent, and mm. if you want to take advantage of it, you find that it's not a real opportunity. Right. Um, some of the things that we see across the board from a broad spectrum regarding telemarketing fraud is they have to have urgency you know if if the if if there's urgency in their voice and that they are trying to convince you you need to act now because this opportunity will not last and you will lose this opportunity that's a huge red flag for people right. because if it's a legitimate business I opportunity I fall for things like that too me I just do you know people give you that sense of urgency right and you know that should cause you to step back and look at what is being offered to you 
um, you know, paying up front for things. You know, you pay up front for this. Here's what we're going to do for you. But you have no guarantees that they're going to do what they're promising to do or that they actually have anything to offer you after mm-hmm. they receive money from you. Um we see opportunities come across, whether it's telephone or otherwise, uh, that people will not send you written documentation. Well, send me something in the mail, and I'll look at it, and I'll consider that. Well, well then you'll lose the opportunity. <laughs> that's, that's how they get past that, is, right. is one, they don't have written documentation to send you. Right. Uh, but, you know, if it's a business opportunity, you can say, well, send it to me, and I'll look it over. And if they're unwilling to do that, red flag. That's a big red flag. Sure. Well, and I think, too, with in, in respect to, you know, when people don't have the ability to send you something via mail or email to be able to legitimize it, you know, these people aren't going to send you anything because they aren't real. They're not, there's not a real business. So if they can't provide you even with an email, most of these companies can, you know, if they're legitimate, they can send you a simple email confirming who they are. I mean, certainly a fraudster could even do that as well, but at least that's a start. Then maybe you could visit their website and understand more. Right. Well, you're talking about addresses. Do they have just a P.O. box or can you get them to give you a physical address? Mm. All of those things give you something to verify a physical address, website, telephone numbers. If they give you telephone numbers, call them to see if it's a working number and what type of response you get. So all of those things give you a way to verify. Shouldn't people, though, just use local companies like, for instance... People, and I would like to get the FBI's endorsement on this, they shouldn't use quickandloans.com. They should use companies here locally like Mortgage Investors Group, right? <laughs> well, of course, we don't get in the business of uh, providing <laughs> advice to folks. Um, but obviously, you know, we're global society. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of business is taking place on the Internet, and there's a lot of good out there on the Internet. Um, right. But as long as we're careful about the way we do business, we can, of course, minimize the risk that we're going to fall victim. Absolutely. And there's a lot to talk about. We have, you know, a bunch of people right now that are on the internet. They're getting phone calls because of the time of year that it is. So I think that people that are out there listening, and we're going to continue on in the next segment, but, you know, you know, put your, put your, you know, thinking cap on here because, you know, you might have friends, you might have family, you know, friends that you go to church with or, or people you work with that have been scammed or maybe have a story to tell. And we'd love to hear about those stories so that we can tell more about that. And you can, you know, put that on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash housing hour. Um, or you can go and follow us on Twitter. Um, our Twitter handle is Kevin Ray, R-H-E-A. We'd love to learn about that so that we can help to educate you. And, and, and frankly, that's, that's really what this is all about. We're trying to educate. And we're trying to provide you with information to help you. And we're going to continue on here with Marshall Stone. He's the supervisory special agent for the FBI. Very helpful information. And we will be right back after these messages. Hello, this is Bob Thomas, and I'd like to wish you and everyone in your family a very Merry Christmas from every one of us right here at WNOX. At Title Associates of Knoxville, we are all about you. You, the buyer, 
the seller, the real estate agent, or the lender. Hi, I'm Sue Benson, owner of Title Associates. In today's real estate market, it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience, a company you can trust, and one that conducts business with you in mind. Our staff has been serving Knoxville and surrounding counties for over 20 years with timely, attentive service. We are constantly updating and re-educating ourselves to ensure the best possible service to our customers. At Title Associates, we are proud to be a part of this community, a community that has remained positive during the downturn of the economy and a community that will recover with an even stronger real estate market. If you're buying, selling, or refinancing, our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one. If you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service, give us a call, 777-1040, or visit our website at tanox.com. Title Associates, your choice and the right choice. The Christmas season is always a wonderful time to reflect on your blessings. And Mortgage Investors Group would like to thank all of our customers for making us the number one private lender in Tennessee. Our gift continues to be the lowest possible rates with the best customer service. Call us today, 800-489-8910, or visit us online at mortgageinvestorsgroup.com. Mortgage license number 109111. Merry Christmas. Mortgage Investors Group is committed to being your home loan solution. It's just that simple. With over 22 years of experience in the home financing business and over 60,000 clients, MIG is Tennessee's leading independent mortgage lender. Whether you're looking to upgrade your current home, purchase your first home, or need to simply refinance to a lower rate, now is the time to move. There has never been a better time to buy a home than there is today. Record low rates, great selection of homes for sale, and sellers ready to sell. This environment will not last forever. Mortgage Investors Group has money to lend, experienced loan officers to guide you, and a singular focus of helping you. Contact us and we will help you realize your American dream today. MIGonline.com or 865-691-8910. Equal housing lender, Tennessee license number 109111. Mortgage Investors Group. Your home for Fox News Radio 100.3 WNOX. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. Um, We appreciate you guys coming back in with us. And before we move on, I wanted to tell you guys about a company that we uh, believe very strongly in. Um, There's really one company in Knoxville that does real estate closings the right way. And I believe strongly in Admiral Title. And the reason I believe strongly about them is because I've worked with them. I've worked with them for a long time and I see how they operate. I see how they treat their customers, how they treat their employees. Um, And, you know, that's important. You know, they take real, uh, you know, honest trust and they take it seriously and they they put you in a position to be successful. Um, And if you're a real estate agent or a lender and you want to develop a relationship with a company that does an extremely good job and are trustworthy and you can build a relationship with this company, it's Admiral Title. That's who I would recommend. Um, You know, when I was originating mortgages for 10 years, um, they always took care of my borrowers. If my borrowers had questions and I couldn't answer them, uh, they would take care of them just right away. 
there was rarely ever an issue. So I would recommend them very highly. It's Admiral Title, and that phone number is 865-531-6060. All right. Well, we're back in here with Marshall with the FBI, and um, he was talking earlier about his role at the FBI, and uh, he's not carrying a you know a nine millimeter. Well, maybe he is. I don't. Uh, oh, he is. Oh, yeah. He is carrying a nine millimeter. Um, but but you're really one of the people. Like you wrote the press release that you saw that we that we're getting ready to talk about in a minute. Right. You're helping people from a from a, the perspective of education, getting out there and trying to provide information to people. And that's why you're here. And that's what your goal is today to come in and try to help people understand it and help to identify ways that they can protect themselves. Is that kind of what you're doing? Well, sure. I mean, you know, my first five years in the Bureau, of course, I did work cases. I worked the streets and worked cases in Alabama. And I actually came into contact with folks who fell victim to some of these things. So I had some personal experience with some of these scams. And But, you know, we give presentations to community groups and uh, this week I was at a high school talking about the FBI and of course I will put out press releases you, you know if we can prevent some of these things from happening that will reduce the number that we have to respond to after the fact when victims have already lost money mm-hmm. and the statistic that I saw um, on one of these pages was the amount of complaints that you receive or or in general and I think it was like 300,000 I can't remember where I saw that um, what was that statistic? The, the Internet Crime Complaint Center receives over 300,000 complaints each year, and the amount of losses each year are being reported or approaching uh, $500 million. And that's just Internet scams? That is just the Internet Crime Complaint Center. Right. Sure. Wow. I mean, that doesn't even, that's not touching on the telemarketing that we spoke about a moment ago, right? Right. We have different fraud hotlines for telemarketing, right. and we have uh, fraud hotlines specifically for identity theft. Now, for those people that are out there and they want to know where to file a complaint, maybe let's start there. Where would they go about, how would they go about filing a complaint? Would they just call you at your office or is there a better way to do that? No, everybody can always be welcome to call their local law enforcement agency or the FBI. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if if it's something that we can direct them to the right place. Mm -hmm. Um, Internet complaints, we funnel through one complaint center because as you can imagine, they're not geographically limited and we can have victims in Tennessee, but the uh, bad guy can be in California. So we want all internet complaints going through a centralized location so you can connect up related complaints. Absolutely. So all internet-based complaints go through the Internet Crime Complaint Center, which is ic3.gov. That's easy. ICE.gov. IC3. IC3, okay. For Internet Crime Complaint Center of okay. the three Cs. Mm-hmm. So www.ic3.gov for any internet based complaints. Okay. Um, there is an identity theft hotline specifically for identity theft complaints, and that's 877 ID Theft. That's easy. And there is a telemarketing fraud hotline for other types that uh, don't fall into one of these two categories, such as over the telephone, mm-hmm. 877-FTC-HELP, FTC being Federal Trade Commission. Okay. And we'll have all this on our website. We will. And also, the FBI.gov, that's an easy site to remember, FBI.gov, and it has all these uh, tips and uh, all the addresses, links hyperlinks to these things that you're mentioning, right? Right. We have a lot of information on the website at fbi.gov, and we have uh, the most recent and current 
e-scams are going around. All of that's kept updated where you can see the most recent uh, uh, frauds that are being perpetrated. And people can actually sign up for alerts mm. um, if they want to be alerted of when that site is updated. And you can receive alerts over your email or your Twitter or Facebook when uh, that site is updated with new scams. And, and, and yeah. Kevin, you've got fun and games for the kids, too. So they can get on here and play games. I thought you teams. were saying for me. <laughs> you, you can play with your kids, right? There you go. That, exactly. Um, do you guys have an internet a web app or anything that you can um, download to your phone by chance? I'm not aware of uh, having a web app at this point. Okay. Um, you know, that might be a suggestion that I'd sure. suggest just because people access stuff so much by their smartphones. That could be something that could be helpful. But here's another thing too. People out there that are listening, you know, people think, uh, and, and don't take this the wrong way, but I think that there is misinformation out there about, you know, will the government, you know, they are not organized and they don't have the information I, I'm gonna just try to you know get it from wherever you know but I tell you I'm, I'm here talking with a gentleman you know, I see the website I see the information that is provided you guys have your act together with this you, you kind of know what's going on well obviously we've been in the business for a long time and we try to keep up with it uh, you know we're hiring people with say computer degrees now because right. we need that type of skill so mm -hmm. uh, whatever we have to change with the times or we'll be left behind and yeah. so uh, you know I've been issuing you know press releases involving various types of scams for years and mm -hmm. um, you know you see a lot of them return and come back just in different forms right well I think you made the point that the FBI is hiring experts to help you all identify the issues, identify the solutions. And I think that speaks volumes really because in Mortgage Investors Group or any other company, if you want to be successful, you hire the best people. And that's what you guys are doing. I mean, you're not, you're hiring computer experts. You know, you're not a computer expert, I would assume, correct? You're correct. So although you know how to speak about it, you, you have people that are helping you to identify the message that are experts, and I think that's significant. Right. I entered under the law program. There's various programs, and one of the entry programs for agents is computer degrees, mm -hmm. IT degrees, uh, because agents hired just 10 years ago, technology changes so fast oh, wow. that yeah. um, you're going to, of course, we got to constantly go to training and keep updated with it, but we want people with the most current training and experience uh, because if we don't have the best and brightest, then we're not going to be able to counter those who are uh, scamming exactly. everybody else. Uh, that's, that's a really big deal. So, you know, this time of year, and I spoke about this in the last segment, but I, for some reason, Amazon.com keeps coming to my mind because I've, I'm looking for my wife something. I will not tell her what that is, but I, I'm looking right now. And, you know, what's amazing is, is that I've been searching for this. And every time I go back to Amazon.com, guess what pops up? The other pr particular products like the one that I'm searching for. So it, it, it rem remembers me. Now I say that to say that there are those anti, those viruses out there, the malware, I guess you would call them, and the phishing tools or whatever. Okay. Um, and it, you know, you spoke about keeping your, your antivirus programs up to date and also having a firewall. Um, can, are you knowledgeable enough to explain to us what that means? I'm sure you are, but what does that mean? What is a phishing tool? What is an antivirus program? Well, you know, the phishing is one of the uh, common problems we have uh, on the internet, usually through emails, but we're now seeing that through VoIP, uh, mm -hmm. and we're seeing it on text messages now, yeah, phishing scams. Yeah. And um, like you said, based upon whatever 
settings you choose to allow on your computer, and people should know what permissions right. and what settings they have. Right. Um, you'll get an email from what appears to be your bank asking yes. you to yes. update your information. We yes. need to update, or we've we've noticed some fraud, and you need to reactivate your account and direct you to a link and mm. you click on it the link. It looks very official. It looks just like your bank's website because you can take bank yes. logos off of there and Absolutely. create a fake web page and people who are following those links, if they enter their information on that web page, it's going directly to the bad guy, right. not your bank because it yeah, is yeah. not your in bank's Nigeria. web page. In, in Nigeria, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, phishing is still a problem and you know, obviously the easiest way to avoid that is do not click on links in yeah. your emails. And, and I think the phishing is it just people want imagine in their heads these bad guys are 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 casting out a bunch of lines with lures on them and you know what if you take the bite if you take if you if you bite at the lure you're going to get fished and you're going to have that opportunity to be defrauded i have received those personally several times i have received emails from banks that i don't bank at right you get messages from you know banks you don't use and obviously that tells you something but right if they just catch somebody that does use that bank then there's the risk that they might think that is in fact their Absolutely. bank wanting their information well you mentioned amazon in in doing that i know that one of the internet frauds is non delivery of merchandise type thing. Can you explain what that is and how that Really? We do get a lot of complaints at the Internet Crime Complaint Center for auction fraud, uh, eBay or otherwise. Um, the the main scam we, scam we are seeing with the Internet auction fraud are the counterfeit cashier's checks. Mm. Uh, somebody uh, mm. purports to be um, buying or selling something. Um, if, and they will send you uh, a check for something that you've actually posted to sell. And when you get the check, it's for more than the amount of the purchase. Uh, yes. And they have to come up with an explanation of why they've sent you a check that's has too much money in it. And mm -hmm. it maybe I need to pay a third-party shipper. Right. And they ask you to wire the excess yes. money either back to them or to a third party. This has happened to me. I didn't fall for it. And you know, people feel comfortable because cashier's checks, the bank makes that money available immediately. Yeah. So they will wire what they think is the excess money somewhere. And then a few days later, the bank uh, comes back to you and says, this was a counterfeit check and it has bounced. And you have sent that money out of your account. And you're done. And right, that that money is gone. It's gone. So, you know, if you, one, you should never get a check for more than the amount of the purchase. That yeah, right there should tell a, you there's something wrong. Yeah. But if there's ever a question about whether a cashier's check is legitimate, you can call the issuing bank and right. use the numbers on the check to say, did you issue this check? Mm. But don't do that using a phone number on the check because if it's mm. a counterfeit check, they may very well have set up an 800 number. Uh, so you go find... So you, get, you get that guy that says, this <laughs> is Peggy. Yeah, exactly. Citibank uh, of Nigeria. <laughs> you get Peggy and she will say, yes, we issued that. But if you find a legitimate number for that bank, you can find out whether uh, that's a counterfeit yeah. check before you deposit it and don't wire money yeah, out of your account. If it's a local bank, take it down. To, yeah. If it's a local bank, take it down to the bank. Um, I have listed things on Craigslist in the past and we have about three minutes left in this segment so this will take up that. Um, but Craigslist, wow, what what a fertile ground for fraud. You know, it's just crazy. But So I would list a product on there. I, I think I listed an iPhone on there one time. So um, I got I got several um, inquiries, and I think it's slowed down a little bit. Of course, I haven't listed as much, but the gentleman uh, emailed me, and he said, "Hey, look, I, you know, basically what you just said. You know, I'm in whatever." Uh, 
country and the shipping is extra, uh, I'm going to send you extra money. So folks, he, I'm telling you what he just explained about um, sending you an additional amount of money. And we never got to that point because I, I was on to him. But they want to send you extra money. Now, another thing was, though, um, Western Union. He wanted to, he wanted to, West. I don't know how he was going to pull this off, but he wanted to Western Union me some money. I don't know how that was going to work for him or how he was going to fraudulent get that over on me. But ultimately he wanted, he wanted me to wire money back to him is exactly what you said. So, I mean, Craigslist tells, do you hear much from Craigslist? We do. We, we hear from all of the, uh, you know, there's so many places to do business like that on the internet. And, you know, even if you're just talking just to the generic non-delivery of merchandise, and that's why you right. got to kind of look at the feedback and the uh, ratings and, and which are which the companies reputable um, to uh, see, is this someone that I feel comfortable paying for something and that I'm actually going to get a product in return? Yeah. I think that PayPal folks that are out there certainly PayPal is not perfect but if you are purchasing something online whether it be eBay PayPal personally I would not use uh, Craigslist I just wouldn't use it I mean there are certain situations where I would but if you are buying something through eBay PayPal is the best way to pay because you are the most protected in my mind. Would you agree? We do recommend, you know, the payment services because in order to receive money through those payment services, you have to have an account and they have to be able to verify that that you have an account to send your money to. So the Mm. payment services are something that's definitely better than sending somebody a money order or check. I'm going to, I have something else when we get back from the break that, that actually came back to bite me on PayPal. (laughs) And and I want to educate people because it is important. Well, I'm really enjoying this show, guys. I hope that you guys join us back here in just a few minutes right here on the Housing Hour. We'll be right back. This Eddie Beacon of Whelan and Dalen, Sundays at 11 a.m. I'd like to wish you and all yours a real happy Merry Christmas and a great new year. At Title Associates of Knoxville, we are all about you. You, the buyer, the seller, the real estate agent, or the lender. Hi, I'm Sue Benson, owner of Title Associates. In today's real estate market, it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience, a company you can trust, and one that conducts business with you in mind. Our staff has been serving Knoxville and surrounding counties for over 20 years with timely, attentive service. We are constantly updating and re-educating ourselves to ensure the best possible service to our customers. At Title Associates, we are proud to be a part of this community, a community that has remained positive during the downturn of the economy and a community that will recover with an even stronger real estate market. If you're buying, selling, or refinancing, our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one. If you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service, give us a call, 777-1040, or visit our website at tanox.com. Title Associates, your choice and the right choice. The Christmas season is always a wonderful time to reflect on your blessings. And Mortgage Investors Group would like to thank all of our customers for making us the number one private lender in Tennessee. Our gift continues to be the lowest possible rates with the best customer service. Call us today, 800-489-8910, or visit us online at mortgageinvestorsgroup.com. Mortgage license number 109111. Merry Christmas. This is certainly the most wonderful time of year. 
folks dreaming of a white Christmas. Children dreaming of presents under the tree. Family gathering around your holiday table. If you're dreaming of a new home, Mortgage Investors Group has the best loan to make your Christmas dreams come true. With 18 offices in Tennessee and the lowest mortgage rates in our nation's history, MIG can help you with your purchase or refinance. Maybe you would love to start a Christmas family tradition but never have owned a home. Mortgage Investors Group is the number one THDA lender for first-time homebuyers. Our loan officers can help you through this home loan process. So call us today, 800-489-8910, or visit us online at mortgageinvestorsgroup.com. Mortgage Investors Group, making Christmas dreams come true for the past 23 years. Mortgage license number 109111. Merry Christmas. WNOX News Talk 100.3. Find us on Facebook. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, your host, and I want to tell you about a company that uh, I believe very strongly in, um, a company actually that you all have heard us talk about for a long time, Capital Financial Group. Bobby and his team do an excellent job, and you know, all of us want to retire at some point in our lives, and, and we have to develop strategies to get to that point where you can have enough money to retire, and you know, if you're not developing a strategy, if you're, if you don't have a professional, an expert that, you know, is looking at your financials, looking at what you're doing, then, you know, it's going to be more difficult to retire when you want to. And that's what they do. They take you in and they help to um, develop a plan that will fit your situation and your finances the best. Um, what are you doing? Are you doing anything? What are you putting into your 401k? How are you balancing all of that with the stock market and all of the volatile assets that we unfortunately own? How are you developing a strategy? Well, that's what Bobby does. That's what his team does. And I would highly recommend them. They do an incredible job. Um, Bobby can be reached at 865-261-3680. And the name of his company is Capital Financial Group. Give them a call today. Try them out. See what you think. And they'll take good care of you. So, and they are not fraudulent, by the way. They they definitely are not. So a lot of stuff we were talking off air about and a lot of things that are going on in my mind because I really feel like this is such a big deal. And that's why, you know, when Mark talked about doing this at first, I was like, well, it is that time of year, but, you know, is that going to be something that's going to be, you know, informative and topical or, in, in, you know, important to people? Well, I'm way past that. This is so vitally important. It's so vitally important to our community and also to to our nation. And we were talking about how, you know, there are only a small, small, small percentage of people that do things that are fraudulent. I mean, I'm talking real small, but those small amount of people affect so many people. And that's the unfortunate thing. But, you know, one of the big topics uh, of discussion right now, uh, Marshall, is mortgage fraud, whether that be short sale fraud or whether that be just people outright lying to you about what they can and can't do. And you know, hey, guess what? There, there's different types of fraud. There's two different types of fraud. There's fraud for property 
and what was the other one? Fraud for profit. Profit. So you have two different types of fraud. And these folks can get to that in a couple of different ways. And you know, one of the things that we have to do as originators to have our license is go through um, education to understand what the differences are. But you guys, I'm sure, see this a lot. You get complaints a lot. Um, what are some things that you guys hear or what is happening out there in the mortgage-related fraud? We have had to devote more resources to mortgage fraud over the last few years, obviously due to the economy and the state of the housing market. Uh, so we've, we've seen an uptick in the number of agents that have been assigned to work those types of things. And um, from a mortgage fraud perspective, you know, the most common type of mortgage fraud, of course, is loan origination fraud. And most of our cases uh, are those types. Uh, and the common denominator is basically people providing misinformation or omitting information uh, to the lender. Uh, for the purpose of getting the lender to loan money mm. um, when they otherwise may not loan money. And right. they may be misrepresenting their assets or their liabilities, their mm. employment, or even the identity of the buyer. Mm. And those types of mortgage fraud cases we've been um, working a lot of over the last few years. So one of the things that you're doing when you fill out a loan application is that you are representing who you are and what your situation is that that might mean your income that might be your assets that might definitely be um how much money that you have as far as equity and there are many different phases of getting approved so what I think I hear uh, Marshall saying is that a lot of the fraud or some of the fraud that um, that he's seeing um, is when someone is, you know, trying to apply for a mortgage and misrepresenting who or what they are, right? Misrepresenting assets, liabilities, identity, the purpose that they're buying the property. Right. I mean, because, you know, guess what? I don't know that everybody knows this, but if you are purchasing a home in Knoxville, Tennessee, and you are telling the lender that that's going to be your primary residence. And in fact, you're renting, renting that house and you just want to get a better interest rate. That's, that's actually a criminal offense, isn't it? Right. Any misrepresentation offense. on documents you're sending to the bank will call Marshall bank will fraud. come to your house with his nine millimeter. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But that's, I mean, it's a criminal, I don't know what the, what the, penalty is. It's well, five I mean, years, I think, is the maximum. We, we have, you know, generic bank fraud statutes, you know, wire fraud and mail fraud, and um, uh, basically lying for the purpose of, you know, getting money from the bank is going to fall under bank fraud. Mm -hmm. But it's on the bottom of every 1003 that we get it signed sure on the application. And I'm pretty sure it says it's a maximum of five years in jail. And it's and, a million dollars, I think. Yeah, and that is, that is not just the person that is taking the application, but it's also the person giving the information. I think they're both bound in that when they sign that application. But here's another one too. Okay, so short sales. And I, I don't know how familiar that you are with that, but um, the owner of our company ran into one. He, what was happening was this individual was going into a distressed family's home before they went into foreclosure, negotiating terms with them to purchase their home. Before actually closing on that loan, they then in turn represented to the lender um, and, and got the short sale negotiated. So in other words, they're going to, they don't even own the home, but they're, they have somehow released the ability from the homeowner to negotiate with the lender. So they negotiated, let's say $200,000. Okay. With the lender. Well, they negotiated with the buyer or with the own homeowner for 150. 
So the lender is going to ultimately um, short sale that property, let's say for two hundred thousand, and 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 that's how they do it. I mean, that unfortunately they're getting the homeowner to sell the house for one hundred and thirty. They're then going to list the property and they're going to make money. And in the past, it's, they had the property pre-sold. So that's actually it. what it is. That's actually how they did in this situation. And, and the homeowner that was making yes. this deal did not know mm-hmm. that this investor had it already had already sold. pre-sold it. So, so they acted as a liaison between the new person buying the home and also the lender. So the the borrower, the the homeowner, the person who was the victim, sold it to the scam artist for one hundred and fifty thousand. Then he negotiated the short-term sale for, let's say, 175000 But all along, he also had a buyer in place to buy it for 200000 Do you see where I'm going with that? Right. And I don't even know that that's illegal. It's, it's listed as fraud under Fannie okay. Mae. <laughs> but, I mean, he was closing loans. He was, cl- he was doing it. And we, we put a stop to it. Right. And during the... Um, yeah. You know, over the last few years, what we've been referring to as distressed homeowners, uh, you know, that are facing potential foreclosure, we've been seeing short sale fraud as well as advanced fee schemes and fraudulent deed transfers. But, you know, the short sales, um, you know, from what we've seen often involved, again, it goes back to misrepresentations to the lending institutions, convincing them that this is the best deal you're going to get for this property. This is what this property is worth in this market when, in fact, it is worth more. Exactly, because he has a buyer. And the bank ends up suffering more loss than they should. Right, and, and nobody feels sorry for banks. I, don't get me wrong here. I mean, I understand that there's that sentiment out there that, you know, that banks are... are are out there to get people. They're not out there to get people. They've made mistakes, certainly. We've all made mistakes. But, um, you know, short sale, for those people that don't know, I mean, here's what it is. You have a home and you owe, let's say the home when you purchased it was worth $100,000 and you have a loan on that property for $90,000. Well, during the downfall of the economy or the real estate market or whatever, that home is now worth only $75,000. So the bank says they feel sorry for or whatever, and you have, you know, proposed to them that you'd like to sell this property at its market value, which is $75,000. So the bank agrees to write off the $15,000 to help you get out from under that loan. Now, it's going to kill your credit if you do that because it is looked at as a lender, as a foreclosure. But for just to set it up for people to understand, that is what a short sale is. You're selling the house for less than what you owe, and the lender is releasing you from liability for the difference in the balance. So that opens up a lot of possibility for fraud. Right. And, you know, we see, you know, fraudulent appraisals and things of that nature uh, in order to pull those off so that because the, the bank has to believe this is what this is worth and this is the most we're going to get out of it and you know when you know that type of fraud costs all of us more money to do business mm-hmm. here's another one go ahead well i was just saying the appraisal frauds are so it's so difficult today because we have to go through a rotating process we can't pick the appraiser to commit that anymore so i you know i and i hear it and i know that it's real but as far as mortgage people like us who are licensed we don't have that opportunity anymore because we're blind. We don't know who right. we're getting. But the brokers, there are still brokers out there. They can pick. They, well, I, there's there's a way around everything, yeah. I think. And Must that's kind of... But here's another thing because we were short on time um, and I've got a lot going on in my mind. One of the things I see, Mark and, and, and Marshall, um, is people 
that go to the CRS, the county, the courthouse retrieval system, they find out who their lender is, okay? So they send out a letter to these folks and say, hey, we are with Mortgage Investors Group and we want to offer you a loan. We've done your loan, you know, you trust us. And they they perpetrate on veterans a lot of times. Um, There's a company that actually has a very similar name to ours and they will literally call people, set up appointments and claim that they are us. How can we get these people shut down? Because this is that that's fraud. Is would you go about it just by complaining, filing a complaint and getting it investigated? Well, sure. If there's obviously misrepresentations on, you know, people, you know, businesses that are trying to get people to uh, hire them, mm-hmm. of course Better Business Bureau. I mean, that's one place, you know, mm-hmm. people can go if they're not familiar with a business, go to the Better Business Bureau. Um, there's a lot of research available to people online, you know, if, if there are businesses that have been, you know, scamming or not treating their customers right, you're going to find complaints online about people about that business. So it's not going to be the first time that they've done that. The Better Business Bureau is one place they go. Is there any other places they can go to to read complaints that you guys have received on companies? There, There's uh, through the uh, state of Tennessee, the bank and finance uh, department, you can always uh, register complaints and they follow up with that. So what I if know they register the complaint to the FBI though? Would that, would that, do you guys intersect? We're not, we're not going to have a publicly accessible information okay. about complaints coming okay. in because we don't, tell people whether we have investigations ongoing because we don't want them to right. change their behavior and right. hide and run and all of that. So, right. um, And sometimes we get complaints that don't pan out and right. we don't want to give people bad publicity knowing that there was a complaint made against yeah. them. So that type of information would that not be available. That was stupid for me to even say. Well, but, but Fannie Mae has a 1-800 number that right. you can find on their website for any complaints or suspicious activity, anything like that. You can certainly go back to the mortgage company and report it. There's a lot of different avenues that you can search out first yeah. you know, try to and in, in my position, it's it's my full-time job to monitor the social media networks because of the fact that this company is out there espousing all of this stuff. And, and, you know, people can, you know, you can suffer public relations nightmares because of this type of fraud. So companies, not only individuals, you know, that are affected by this, um, I'm sure you also have a branch or a division or agents on task um, that companies are being defrauded and and i'm sure that's something that we were talking about you know individuals but companies get defrauded too all right i mean anybody uh, has the potential of falling victim because right. companies are made up of people right absolutely and there's so many other things too if you you know work at a company you know like mortgage investors group one of the big things that we make sure of is shredding stuff because the, we've been talking about internet fraud and telemarketing, and but there's also the identity theft, which we unfortunately didn't get too much into. Um, but we have about two minutes left. Maybe you could uh, summarize for us what the identity theft that we can do to protect ourselves. Right. When we're in addition to what we've talked about, sort of online on the computer, uh, what you mentioned, you know, shred things before you throw them away because people will still be able to go through trash. Um, you can put your outgoing mail at the post office or in one of the blue boxes instead of your mailbox because people can obviously open your mailbox and take mail out. Mm-hmm. Um, you can lock up documents in your home. Having a lo- locking right. filing cabinet will help maybe because one way people get information is breaking into homes. Mm-hmm. They find people who work for businesses that have access to information and they hire 
them to provide them information. And before you go on, because we only have a couple of seconds left here, I'm going to put that on our website as well for them to access because that's some really good bullet points. And guys, I want to thank you all. I want to thank Marshall for coming in and the FBI for allowing him to. Mortgage Investors Group and Mark, our co-host. And we'll see you guys next time right here on The Housing Hour.